AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You are now listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, what is going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mic check. The mic sounds nice. The mic sounds nice, and I got some lights. That's not true, but (laughs) this may have been true at some point in my life. Let's be real. And I'm the dope uh, of knife. And he's the dope of knife. And I'm drinking some wine. That one didn't work no, so that, well. No, that didn't rhyme at all. How you, do, how you doing now? I'm, how I'm you good. Doing I'm now? good. What's going on, everybody? This is, you're listening to Waiting on Reparations, the show where we talk about hip-hop politics and the things in between, shit that connects them, yada, yada, yada. You know the whole drill. You know the whole drill. So it has been quite a week going. And I, I woke up on, I think it was like Saturday or Friday, might have even been Sunday, but I woke up one of these days and I looked on Twitter and fucking World War Three was trending, so I was just like, "Oh shit, what the hell is going on?" And it, it's kind—is of- it the water wars? Are we finally <laughs> fighting over, you know, basic human rights and resources? Uh, well, I mean, yet? I don't know if that's no, that's not it yet. That—that's gonna be damn. That's crazy. That like we're kind of on the brink, but it ain't even about. It's it's not even the resource wars yet. But anyway, so. Uh, long story short, for layman's, because uh, that's all I am, but um, Russia is building up its troop presence with over 100,000 troops on the border of the Ukraine. And it's got a lot of international figures uh, pretty much expecting that Russia is going to invade the Ukraine. Uh, the Ukrainian president recently just like i think a few hours ago gave a speech to the citizens of the ukraine just kind of trying to calm their fears and let them he, he's he's telling the ukrainians that the invasion is not imminent so you know he, he's mm-hmm. doing his due diligence of calming down his fears uh president biden um had a press conference recently where he was explaining the situation and uh what he says the u.s's stance is and people were saying it was kind of a blunder, but I didn't really, I didn't really see it that way. But pretty much what Biden was saying is, look, there's parts of Ukraine that consider themselves to be Russian. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they actually want the borders Russians are fake. there. So he borders are fake. Pardon me? The, yeah, borders. Are fake. I said border, borders are fake. So you know, he he's saying if if what Russia does is they go in and they like annex those parts i mean yeah it's not it's not what the u.s wants but what are you supposed to do you're gonna like start you know what i mean like eh that's what he called like a minor incursion i get i get i understand what he means in that i don't understand what is about that is like what are we is he supposed to be like no whatever they do we're going to war like is that 
supposed to be the stance. Was that it? No. So that's it. Like so, I mean, pretty much, you know, the the Hawks are trying to get Biden to, you know, go all in with ridiculous sanctions that I guess you know if you read it a certain way would mean war or would back Russia into a corner. It doesn't look like that's what the White House's policy is. But either way, it's it's got enough people tweeting about World War Three and the start of World War Three that I kind of wanted to know what your thoughts were just on that general issue. Because we didn't get to ch- touch on it last week, but we wanted to. I don't know, man. I'm so caught up trying to fucking stay alive in this bitch, man. This, this shit's crazy. We're going to get into a lot this week. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't actually know. I mean, I guess I was vaguely familiar of the fact that there were portions of the Ukraine that do consider themselves to be Russian. And I think that does raise really interesting implications for what is happening, particularly with regards to the U.S.'s involvement and really trying to protect their interests potentially in the region more so than like necessarily um, advancing the interests of the people who live in those regions of the Ukraine. Yeah. So that's something I, well, I mean, it's kind of a given, given U.S. foreign policy, but like. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those situations that I feel is like, actually quite nuanced you know what i'm saying i don't know exactly what the perception of it is in leftist circles but you know i know there is a school of thought that you know people kind of have like world war ii brain where it's just automatically assumed well if vladimir putin takes over these parts of the ukraine or even goes into the parts of ukraine that definitely don't want him in there that it's a definite sign of like expansionist ambitions you know what i mean and that if you let him do this then what's gonna stop him but i don't necessarily yeah. know if that's the case you know what i mean i, yeah. I mean I, I don't i don't think that's a given yeah i don't think everybody is like on a world domination hitler tip you know what i mean but, mm-hmm. but at the same time you know like china and ukraine and russia are like running war game simulations you know what i mean on some on some real yeah. like setting the stage shit there is there is the the big you know the elephant in the room which is like in the modern world are two superpowers actually gonna go to war over the ukraine i personally don't see it you know what i'm saying i mean they shot motherfucking franz ferdinand back in the day yeah but that was back you know in the day this like, is a much this is a much because i mean look man if if the if we were what if things improved I would, if I, anything, the military-industrial complex has been become far more intense. I wouldn't say things have improved, but much more is at stake, and that's what like a lot of people don't consider. Like, you know, even is ev- there much more at stake? Are yeah, we just going to send in fucking you, drones and kill all their children like usual? First of all, this is like, I mean, at stake for us. We have you know? to, oh, our troops are safe. God bless no, our we troops. We got to, you know, I mean, those eleven-year-olds so, be firebombed or you know. So first, you gotta, jail. you gotta take it from the standpoint of let's say that the nukes are off the table <laughs> right which if a, if two super powered nuclear powers got into a war i mean that's like mutually assured destruction if we're talking nukes but even if we're not talking nukes let's say let's just say there's like a general agreement hey we're gonna go into war and no one's gonna use nukes we're not gonna turn this into a cold war situation we're just gonna have a conventional war with each other and shit like that like that's the end of the world too you know what i mean like and you know what? I don't know if you've seen Don't Look Up yet. There's been a lot of Don't Look Up discourse. Okay, so, like, it could apply to so many scenarios. So, you know, motherfucking Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and Halliburton are, like, you know, like, slobbering and chomping up the bit. Like, oh, yeah, we pulled out of Afghanistan and all these private contractors and Blackwater motherfuckers are like, oh, my stock prices are falling. So, they're, like, super stoked that we might go into another war to just to benefit... Their goddamn bottom line, sacrificing the lives of our, you know, military service people. Um, you know, how many countless casualties but, in the Ukraine and other regions? Be, you know, because like, oh, we can't, you know, I, I, we can't, act, we can't avert a disaster. We got to make sure like our shareholders. If are this was like the usual type of war scenarios that we've been doing for the last thirty years, where it's with countries that don't stand a chance of like bringing that shit to our shores then yeah like yeah the lockheed martin guys are, yeah you know what i'm saying but a war with russia and like china and shit you know like people don't i literally don't think they care i think i think they could even be like in their private boardroom meeting 
uh, you know, doing cocaine off of a glass table or whatever. Like, well, you know, there is a chance of mutually assured dis- destruction. They were like, but I could become a trillionaire by 2026. Yeah, though. but that's that's like they don't give a fuck. I mean, you know what? I, I I'm I I agree. They don't give a fuck. Like, I don't know if I I don't I'm not putting the I'm not saying that they don't wouldn't want this because they're like good guys and they give a fuck. But just like. That creates a scenario where there's nowhere to spend your money. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, yeah, like people don't exactly. even, even like don't look up. Even if we want to bring it home, there's no world left. Yeah. Exactly. Even if we, even if we want to bring it home, and, and let's like take the the Russia element out of this and just like focus on our own domestic shit. You know how we've been talking about the January 6th stuff and talk of civil war and civil insurrection and shit like that. Yeah. Even if America itself were to like experience. Some like vi- like serious, extreme, widespread political violence that like tore the country apart. The world is fucked. America provides most of the world's food. You know what I mean? Like these, like 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 the, like the, when the superpowers are getting into it. I'm gonna need to see your research on that. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's look that up. Let's look that up, Bruh, If like a fucking nuke drops in the middle of Montana. They're just going to use that as an opportunity for disaster capitalism, privatize all the services, like leave people to, you know, just, you know, be languishing on rooftops, trying to wave down helicopters while their skin melts off (laughs) from radioaction, radioactivity pulsing through their bloodstreams. And sometimes going to make money off of it. And like, oh, we'll have a national day of mourning and like. You know, there's a hashtag will trend. Okay. And they'll just leave everyone to die for profit. So the four countries... They don't care. The four countries that produce the most food are China, India, the U.S., and Brazil. Bruh, so yeah, China, India? Come on now. So I'm... Come on so now. So I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying... They, okay, we in the top five. All right, we in the top five. I, that I will concede. Let's continue. I mean, all, I mean, all, all I'm saying is that this... This particular situation in the Ukraine, the reason that I don't think it's gonna get hot personally, and like shit. okay, so we're even we're jumping the gun on this. You don't even think it's gonna get like that. I don't I, even yeah, think it's gonna get I don't get think like it's that. gonna get hot. To be but, honest, I mean, I'm just I'm just stating the reasons why I don't think it's gonna get hot because like if it were to get hot between the players that are involved in this, it's like game set match. Like yeah. everything's done. You know what I mean? Like everything's done. Everything that everybody's fighting for, everybody's individual issues that everybody's over, that shit's out the window. Done. You know what I mean? And and I don't... And that goes for everybody. Whether you're on the right side of shit or the left side of shit or in between, like, everybody's shit is done. The world has, like, a whole new thing to deal with, if that's the case. And with that, that's why I don't think the... The, the usual powers that be necessarily want that to go down. You know, they don't want that smoke. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's a bit too Cobra Commander. <laughs> like, ah, the world will be destroyed and we'll be in... You know oh what God. I mean? Like, that's, oh God. that's a bit too... That's... Just imagining, I'm just imagining if, like, yeah, like I was saying, like a nuke drop in the middle of, like, San Sacramento. Oh, my God. Like, what fucking Jin Saki would say. Like, well, you know, just hit the gym. Have a mark. <laughs> You know, play some Wordle. It'll be okay. Get back to work on Monday. Yeah, yo- what she say? Do kickboxing. <laughs> do kickboxing. <laughs> All right. So what are you? Yeah, what are we so. talking about? I just wanted to touch on that because so, we yes. did do it. So la- this. Last so week. this week, my Twitter followers will recall that I made a pact to unleash my unsent tweet folder, um, in a cathartic move to sort of process some of what has been happening in the local political scene. And so, in lieu of trying to adhere to the 140, 280 uh, character limit on Twitter to tell you about some of the fuck shit that's been happening behind the scenes in local politics, I have decided to unload a lot of those um, fun reminiscences on this week's episode of the podcast. And as well, talking a little bit about what the broader implications are for these things in politics generally and what kind of questions it raises that we can consider in a variety of contexts. Okay, yeah, so we're going to be back with that. After the jump. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Okay, so we are back, and we are going to get into this. So, Mariah, you know, we're, you're talking about the unsent tweets, and, you know, the, every, people who've been following you on Twitter, they know what's up. So why don't you explain to the listeners exactly what the the setup for this scenario and what we're about to do is. Sure. I'll give a, you know, a brief introduction into how we even got to where we are today with the uh, current political turmoil around redistricting, which, you know, let's start nationally and kind of zoom in. So... You know, with the decennial census count, it then requires us to um, shift around what our districts look like at the federal, state, local level um, in order to ensure that one vote for one person, you know, equal representation, etc. So uh, as you under as you imagine, as a part of, um, you know, the fascist attempts at taking over and consolidating their power in government. A lot of places that are currently Republican held that are trending blue, places like Georgia, they're attempting to, you know, dilute progressive voting power by using gerrymandering to um, create district maps that ensure that, you know, black folks, young folks, really, you know, high, highly compacted urban areas, you know, don't have the same say as folks in rural areas. And so, you know, it comes around every 10 years. So we ourselves here in Athens have the opportunity to recommend a map of the local county commission's districts to the state house legislature for approval. Um, and so, you know, we have some guidelines that we had to adhere to trying to get it within a certain um, distribution so that, you know, no district has too many more or too much, too many less voters in another district to ensure that, you know, one person, one vote principle, like basic fairness. Um, you know, basic fairness, you know, no, um, no cracking or packing of, um, of communities of color so you can't like split the community of color in half in order to dilute their vote or pack communities of color together to ensure that they don't influence surrounding districts and then risk getting representation that is fair for them um you know passed with a subsequent election so make sure you know communities of interest and communities of color are kept together and as well another basic guiding principle is that you don't you know you you don't you want to have minimal disruption to sitting incumbents. Yeah. So the folks that were Democratic elected in the last voting cycle, kind of leave them alone, leave them in their districts, kind of build it around, right? So we worked with our local board of elections office to create maps that did all of these things. And they did. They did an excellent job on a very tight timeline. A part of the Republican strategy in order to send everything into chaos was releasing our census data like five months late so that we didn't even have the numbers Damn. on how the population had changed yeah. to make maps until like two or three months before we had to get it to the state house legislature. So on a very tight turnaround, our board of elections office and our mapping staff, you know, came together with some maps, but they were great and they were pretty good. You know, like, hey, they ain't, you know, shift shit around too much. 
got that distribution, protected those communities like they were supposed to, according to principles. But in order for it to be considered by the Republican state legislature, it had to have the unanimous consent, the unanimous approval of the local county commission, right? So a couple of like sleeper cell Republicans (laughs) on the commission, Democrats formerly, including the former interim executive director of the Georgia Democratic Party. Damn. Just like wordlessly or with very little cover, just voted against the map. Effectively showing that they're in full collusion with, you know, Republicans. These new districts that the Republicans had drawn consolidate their power such that getting them out of office would be incredibly difficult. Um, And so they are sitting back, sitting pretty, feeling good about the fact that the progressives who have come in and usurped their power are going to be out soon and that they themselves are protected from, you know, the will of the people ousting them for not truly representing or trying to fight for what the people need. So that's where we're at right now. It's um been, it's been a lot, it's been a lot down here, a lot of turmoil. And so that caused me to, to then revisit my unsent tweet folder on Twitter and pick out some of the spicy stories that I wanted so much to tell people about, but I've kept to myself in the name of you know, go, getting along and, you know, seeing Kumbaya, etc. But, you know, I got nothing for smoke with these people now. So I'm excited to reveal to the world some of the behind the scenes stuff that um, I have zipped my lips about over the years. I want to start out with one of my favorite stories of Allison Ray. Um, so back in 2021, might have even been 2020, honestly, some of her only black constituents came to me for help getting their street name changed after Ariel Thumpa Calloway, a young woman, I think 24 years old when she was shot and killed, also eight months pregnant back in the summer of 2019. So they wanted to change the street to Thumpa Ave in honor of her. Um, so I helped out, you know, like helping me get the process started with the petition and working with the planning department, etc. And when Allison found out, she was super pissed because once again, I usurped her authority. And um, I straight up asked her, I was like, well, why do you think your black constituents are coming to me and not you? Which did not make her any happier. But it makes sense to me now because as a part of that process, she at some point along the way decided that Thump Ave was not an appropriate name to change the street to. And so she made an alternate suggestion against the wishes of the deceased woman's mother, who like literally, I was at an event, I saw her, she like grabbed me by the shirt and was like, you gotta make it something app, right? We gotta make that happen. Despite the fact Allison was trying to push this shit through against her wishes. And um, at one point I was out to you know dinner and drinks with one of the organizers involved and he said to me, Allison would probably like Thumpa Ave better if it hadn't hard R. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the new district takes all those black people out of her district. It's now 99%, 94% something white, which I'm sure she is incredibly glad about. And this lady, like, Jesus fucking Christ. So, like, she <laughs> she um, was really pissed also late, late last year about the fact that the commissioners had requested um, a raise for ourselves. Could we only make like 15 grand a year? I ended up spending like 30, 40 hours a week on this. Um, I've just been incredibly broke um, since I left my job at the University of Georgia. So like, whatever, you know, just bring it up to a living wage. We gave everybody else a living wage. Only people in the government not making a living wage. Let's just bring it up to something fair, right? So she was upset about this because she's rich and doesn't care. And so she went to like a Breitbart adjacent like state newspaper and was complaining to them like, well, I'm a landlord. My job's so hard. I exploit renters for passive income. Well, I'm so busy being a mother. Like her son isn't a whole ass adult. And she even told us that he was downtown on May 31st when the cops tear gassed the folks peacefully occupying College Square. So her being somewhat of a raggedy, back the blue as person. Um, I don't know how much time they really spend together. Um, but yeah, not great. Not a great person in general. And then we got Mike Hanvey, who, uh, people don't know this, but a year and a half ago, killed our attempts to buy an apartment building 
for the homeless behind closed doors, um, just complaining about how expensive it was going to be. And then the following summer, last summer, just walked out of discussions about homelessness at a retreat. Didn't even bother to sit, you know, sit there and listen to staff discuss our options for what we could do to deal with the fact that like 200 people in the city are sleeping outside, not to mention the easily thousands that are sleeping on couches, sleeping in hotels, sleeping in their cars that are like, you know, they're not unsheltered entirely, but they still don't have a house place to live. So, you know, last year, my colleague and I, Jesse Hool, put together this resolution calling for all sorts of um, interventions to help people get and stay housed, including the creation of um, a sanctioned homeless encampment called First Step. It's got a bunch of wraparound services, got like, you know, medical folks and social worker folks, etc. that come there and help people and they'll give you a tent. There's like, you know, a little warming things and all that. Um, so even after killing our attempt to get a hotel, not participating in discussions about homelessness at our retreats, not showing up to the retreats at all, or most of the meetings, frankly. One time, Allison and him got caught coming out of Mellow Mushroom as the rest of us left City Hall after a meeting. So after just all that negligence and abandonment of, you know, dereliction of duty, when it came to the meeting, we were supposed to approve the encampment. He wanted to buy hotel rooms for the homeless instead, just completely made it up on the spot in bad faith, which would have been more expensive and temporary compared to just getting the building in 2019, 2020, bro. So, I mean, his opposition to building the encampment was bullshit. Like, what else were we supposed to do? Like, you know, this, and I think, okay, all of this speaks to a couple of things. I'm going to get back to the idea of us housing as healthcare in a little bit, but I first want to start off by identifying that Mike Hamby was the former interim executive director of the Dems, voted against the map, and because he has lost prominence, he is no longer considered a progressive on the commission because new ideas of what progressive and what left means have emerged in his 12 years in office where he has remained stagnant. And he just really is in this job because he wants people to listen to him and feel important and feel powerful, and he doesn't right now. And so he's fought against everything that we've tried to do, including getting homeless people some form of shelter and including maps that would honor the will of the voters and allowing our current democratically elected representatives to give a, you know, give a shot of remaining in office. And I think this also mirrors national trends in that. So coming back to housing, Mike, Allison, and Ovita Thornton, who I have not had smoke for yet in this conversation, but I'm about to come for, also delayed our eviction defense program that you know, Tim Denson and myself and Jesse Poole have been working on since like the, the like December of 2020, um, just like for months and months and months and months, just creating reasons not to do it. And so finally, we get passage for approval of it. Um, and this whole time, like constituents of mine are getting evicted straight up, just getting put out on the street in the rain, don't even have enough money for a U-Haul to get their stuff moved anywhere. Um, and one such woman um, was like in her 70s. She got evicted of her home from her home of 40 years in late November. Um, was found sleeping on her former porch by some of her neighbors who also told me that she was still collecting social security checks. But without a place to live, she'd just been drinking her, all of the money away. Such was her abject suffering. And then in early December, after having, you know, reached out to neighbors, asking people to look for her, reached out to homeless service providers asking her to, you know, asking um, if they'd seen her turn up. Finally, a home, one of the uh, one of my homies that works with the homeless said that she had died. She had been found dead. And so it's not just like a petty, oh, I don't like this person. I don't like that person. So that, you know, I'm influencing these decisions that ultimately don't matter to get around the edges. Like literally their obstruction has caused people to die. I think also of, you know, I talk a lot about this program called Cure Violence on the show, which I've been, you know, researching and reaching out to stakeholders about and sending emails about for months. And like, I don't, I don't, like, kids are out here dying and no one, like, no one will even respond to my emails about it. Like, um, I got a homie that I was working with last summer, you know, getting kids jobs at his little car wash. So they have like something productive to do that's not running the streets. And he told me last weekend, the two of the kids that we've been working with, one of them 
have been shot and killed. The other one was in jail. And so the, the impacts of this are very, very real. And I don't think that folks who, you know, are wealthy, you know, who, like, are older, who are whiter, who don't really have to, like, live this pain and this trauma of seeing what's happening to people out here, don't realize how they're, this shittiness just being, like, just being sticks in the mud is killing people. But um, I also want to come back to a recurrent theme in some of the stories here. We talked about eviction. We talked about um, chronic homelessness. And an idea that has become mainstreamed in the pandemic is how housing is healthcare. Or I'll skip that because I thought that part was good. I want to also come back to Avita Thornton for a second. Because oh, um, my friend Irami Osei Frimpong bought, brought up in 2018 when she was first running for office how he understood how people could like her and support her. But she's really good at evading accountability. And I think that is incredibly true of the ways that she has subtly slowed down, interrupted, or just otherwise stood on the wrong side of a lot of what we've tried to get done. She'll do things like motion to approve something and then vote against it. Um, or say, hey, I, I, um, I'm going to vote for this, but I don't really like it. Or, um, you know, I, like, I respect what you're trying to do and then vote, like, vote against it. Like, just utter chaos. But in a way such that it's hard to pin down why she is terrible. Um, I think that, you know, as I said before, I think... So I think that she's one of those I think that she's one of those folks that like materially shows up for people. She's the one that'll bring your kids Easter baskets or pop open the trunk of her car and give you cold cold weather clothes in the winter. But like she has no like cohesive vision or idea or like interest in advancing concrete proposals for how to address the very serious suffering in our communities. And part of the reason why I think this is true, and honestly kind of empathize with her, even though I like deeply, deeply dislike and distrust her and always have, um, is that she's been, so before this, she was on the school board for 16 years, right? And has probably her whole life had to like fight um, white people about getting things for our communities in the halls of power in which she has sat, where she has oftentimes been without allies, um, let alone people, other people of color. And so even in instances where she has allies, the most progressive supported her in 2018, and even when she has these allies, she doesn't know how to do anything but fight. She doesn't know how to do anything but complain. She doesn't know, doesn't know anything but how to obstruct. Um, and so she doesn't realize that she is getting in the way of the things that she wants. I believe that she wants people to stay housed. I, I believe that she wants criminal justice reform. As, as far as, you know, those things are auxiliary to her importance, her sense of self-importance and, like, importance to her to keep power and feel powerful and feel important. Like, all of these guys that I'm talking about. Um, and so I find that very interesting and very sad. Um, but, you know, for example, of, like, her just not having a coherent politics at all, uh, you know, jump back in my mind to 2019 when we were trying to pass the Linentown resolution, which I've spoken of often um, on this. Okay, let me, actually, let me go back. So I think that it's an underappreciated thing, the way that trauma influences um, the ways that the black misleadership class um, gets in the way of our own agenda. Um, and that, like, when you get beat up and beat down and shit on for so long, it's really hard to, like, advance, like, a cohesive vision of how to improve things when you all you know how to do is how to fight. And as well, we got a lot of, you know, black leaders in the community that are just straight up Republicans, that the Republicans have always been in power in this state and have cashed in on our community's poverty in order to secure their seats in the political hierarchy. Um, and so you got those people out here who are middle class, completely detached from like the root causes of issues in our communities. Um, talking about like how financial literacy is going to like save the people. It's like you can't budget if you ain't got no budget money. You ain't got no money to budget, sir. Excuse me. Um, and then you got people like Avita who just like have never had a plan, who've never, ever had a plan for how to fix things. But will show up at your church and like bring all the kids candy. And so like people trust her. People like her. 
etc. And as well, I think her railing against the government in an interesting way um, also increases her popularity among people who do not trust the government. So saying like, well, y'all are standing in my way and I don't really like what you're trying to do and y'all don't do this and y'all don't do that. Even though y'all includes you, ma'am, um, you could advance pieces of policy, not anymore because nobody trusts you and nobody likes you because you've blown it utterly. But um, rather than do that, she just fights against us as a way to like consolidate her power in, in communities where there is deep distrust of the government. Um, so yeah, we got all these issues out here. Um, and no real vision for how to fix things or change things. Um, for example, um, people don't know this, but when we were fighting for the Lenintown resolution to, you know, get redress and recognition of the harms of displacement of black communities, specifically the Lenintown community in the 1960s, in a closed-door meeting with staff and activists about trying to pass this resolution, Ovita Thornton said that she would never sign on to a document condemning white supremacy. Now, I have heard from people since then who just think that she didn't know what supremacy meant. Um, but this is this is what I'm talking about. When pressed by the people to take action, she just gets incredibly defensive and shuts down rather than like engage in good faith with what, with what people are trying to say. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts Connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream Connect the snooze Ten more minutes to dream Connect the shower Lather up with the news Sports talk Comedians or movie reviews Connect with that three hour philosophy show Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Okay, let me jump, let me jump back actually and talk about um, my Canby. So I think the situation with Mike Hamby um, has national parallels in that age is just a moderating force, I feel. Um, he was one of the leftmost folks on the commission early in his tenure, and now he's become a moderate, quab conservative. Um, and so you see the ways, similarly, what happened in Nevada with the state Democratic Party when um, Democratic Socialists won elections and took over leadership of the party. The, 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 you know, the existing um, um, folks in power just all quit, transferred all their money out of the account um, because even Democrats don't like having their power ch challenged. It's 2022. In like another 10 years, we're going to be the majority in this bitch. Like, I'm sorry. You just got to get with the fucking program. Like, we out here. We, we, you represent these people. Don't be out here telling a woman whose daughter died. Like, well, I don't know if that's like, you know, yeah. Shut the fuck up and bend to the will of the people. That's our job. But yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because um, so we tried to pass like raises for ourselves this year. Not ourselves in the sense of like me directly. We wouldn't kick in until next yeah. year. But we make like $15,000 a year. This is a part-time fucking yeah. job, even though we manage a budget of hundreds of millions and of dollars. And you're always doing it. Tens of yeah, tens of thousands of people. I put, you know, like I put in like 30, 40 hours a week every week because I fucking care. 
But then Allison Wright, Mike Hamby, um, were like, I don't know, they they went to this like Breitbart adjacent local outlet to like decry our like wanting to get racist for ourselves. And in this article, she was like, I'm a landlord and I'm a mother, you know, I have more important things that I have to do. And so I don't put a lot of time into this job. So like, I don't see why other people have to. So a couple points on this. She said that? Bruh, like that—that that is not—that is a rephrasing, yeah, yeah, but, but that is effectively what she what said. She said. Yeah. yeah, she's a landlord and a mother, so like, and you know, I couldn't have possibly imagine, you know, why are you running oh, for like, office? I'm, I'm not a parent or anything, and not finding a way to like put in the work that people deserve. All right, go fuck. Why yourself. are you running anyway, for office so, like, if that's how you feel? Yeah, like what are you like, doing yeah. here? If you don't think the people deserve the most energy that you could put into. Making this, making like change no, nobody made you run. Nobody made you run. Nobody, you know, held you know, held a gun to your head, made you run and shit. But like, she's all be like, "Wow, I'm a landlord. My job's so hard. I exploit renters for passive income. Wow, I'm so busy being a mother." Your son is a whole ass adult. He's like 22, 23 <laughs> years old. So people don't know so, this. So who? So who is Mike Hamby again? So Mike Hamby, yeah. So he's been a commissioner for like 12 years. Former interim executive director for the Georgia Democratic Party. He owns like a cleaning business. Like you know, he's like a very. I mean, I would describe him as like a pretty bland white dude. He has somewhat of some charisma, but he also is sort of like a bull in a china yeah. shop, just getting real aggro if you don't like, you know. Like care for his fifis, like <laughs> low key. But what people don't know is that so Mike Hamby. So we attempted like a year and a half ago to buy an apartment building for the homeless. So like have a place where they can all have their own apartment um, and have like wraparound services. So like mental health folks and folks helping with job applications and all that shit. It would all be combined in one place to help get people mm. off the street. Um, and Mike Camby killed our attempts to buy that building um, in behind closed doors, came up with some excuse about why it was too expensive or, like, something like that. And then he later, like, last summer, walked out of our discussion about homelessness at a retreat. He didn't even bother to hear from staffs about our options for, like, dealing with, with you know, what like, how do, how do we address the situation with homelessness in our community? In our community. And then this motherfucker, like, so we were like, what do we do? What the fuck? Like, we got people living outdoors. We got people overdosing and killing themselves, throwing themselves in the river. We got sexual assaults happening and robberies and all this stuff. Like, these people need supports because they're suffering. Like, incredible, incredible just levels of desperation out here. So myself and my colleague, Jesse Houle, tried to put together this resolution to lay out what we were going to do. And it included... Creating an encampment. I think I talked about this on the show before. Where people could, like, have their... We provide them with tents. Give them a warming center. You know, give them a place to cook. Give them Wi-Fi and places to charge their phones. And then have the service providers come there to help, like, support them and, the you know, the kind of stuff. Make sure they get job applications. Like transitioning out of there. Transition out of it, yeah. As an interim step because... Our attempts to buy a place that we could like help them live in, like a physical home building, like got shot down. So this sniveling little bitch <laughs> came in and the like he opposed it the whole time. Opposed it, opposed it, opposed it, opposed it. Would prefer for homeless people to keep, you know, shooting up and dying and jumping in the fucking river to kill themselves, I guess. And at that meeting, where we voted to finally approve this shit. He tried to make like a substitute amendment ass thing to um, like put him in hotels or something like where it's like you ain't never cared about this. You ain't never once actually engaged in good faith around these issues. I don't see you out here talking to people like maybe I go above and beyond and I do. I'm not trying to say that, you know, he should because. (laughs) Do do you think do you think it? Do you think there's like a chance it could make him have a change of heart if he saw it firsthand? Or nah, his cold he's cold as ice. Nah, nah he ain't nah, nah. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. I'm, I'm like... You know, it's like, I don't want to say I'm shocked, but it's like the biggest sense that I'm getting is how it maybe is because, you know, like you're you're my homie and I've known you for so long and I've lived with you and seen like how much work that you put into the shit and how much you care. It's just I don't know. It's like I'm taken aback, you know, by the lack of urgency that it seems that these motherfuckers Bruh. have. You know what I mean? Even when you try to deal with things urgently in this shit, this is the other thing that maybe has broader implications for government and our expectations, etc. And the need for urgency, the need for people to apply constant pressure. Because mm-hmm. even when you are going full firing all cylinders, trying to push shit through, it's going to take a year, minimum, to get something done. So every so people have been out here, yeah, suffering for like a year since we first started our discussions about creating this encampment. And like we're still trying to make it happen, still to this so day. So ev- it's like so it's like every day that passes that y'all aren't doing something on y'all's end is just extending the time that when you know what I mean it, it's extending the time that it's going to take for shit to eventually get done when stuff do- you know what I mean when people do start moving on it. Right, and if that's what happens with stuff that we're regarding incredibly urgently, like say goodbye to your hopes of shit that like nobody is building a movement around or applying political pressure for yeah. you know we saw that for, I mean like okay let's move a little bit faster than some things that I've described here in the local government but think about the COVID tests people had to bully the shit out of Jen Psaki and President Biden in order for them to even take seriously that they should send tests to people in their homes and even with that relentless heckling they only said they're only sending like four tests to everybody. Did they, you know, took a while for them to roll out. People in dorms, apartment buildings, other sorts of like shared housing aren't able to get them because of the way the system is set up. So like even when you pound the door, screaming at the top of your lungs to do something, you end up getting a half-assed response. You end up it's delayed response. Like, and so I just I really grapple a lot with like the the lumbering nature of governments yeah. because they are such large institutions there is always institutional inertia where they're so used to doing things the same way that shifting course is so difficult for them um not to mention like entrenched political power where it's really hard to like pry out the people who have always been making these decisions and never taking seriously the needs of the people yeah. and so like you know i i want to give people hope i want to give people hope i do believe that we're, we've got done good things through government but I'm losing faith sometimes when I see shit like this. Bad actors who, like, just refuse to take seriously the urgency of the concerns of people in the community. And then just, like, the grindingly sa- slow, sand-filled gears that churn and churn, like... At snail's pace. At a snail's pace to address these, like, incredibly urgent issues that we face. So other than 
other than there just being like a fucking renaissance and shit of of progressive or even just like passionate people you know what i mean just completely taking over the shit what are some things that that people can do in their local governments or you know or even in 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 more national government but just like what what are some things that people can do to maybe spurn along some of these gears and get them moving faster is it is it really just applying pressure with things like calling calling oh, offices absolutely, and absolutely. writing in before yes yes absolutely so before progressives took power here there was a very strong mobilized united left movement to push for things like in a non-discrimination ordinance to push just push for a variety of things and apply such pressure that Folks couldn't ignore it. They had to They had to address it. They couldn't turn away. They couldn't, you know, put on their earbuds or whatever yeah. and listen to some, you know, bra- donkey braying. But, um, and so we've lost that and now that progressives have taken power. People are like, hey, y'all got it from here. And it's like, no, we don't got it. We need y'all to show up and continue to put pressure on folks because there's so many plates spinning that sometimes people just forget what's important. Sometimes people just lose sight of like, the suffering that people are living through. And so, I mean, ultimately that is what's needed. That's always been what's needed. Anything astounding that we have accomplished, we have only accomplished with intense community pressure to get done. And so I've been really reflecting a lot on the need for us to not only like mobilize people, like existing political actors in the community, but like lift up folks that are really suffering directly from the housing crisis, from the gun violence epidemic, um, from um, underemployment and like wage exploitation to be like, yo, let's go. Hop in the car. Like, yo, we'll snag some Zaxby's on the way. Come to the commission meeting and tell them yourself what the fuck is going on out here. Because like people, like they just don't even know how to engage. And nor why, why would they believe in it if no one has ever supported them in doing so and they have never seen yeah, government they've never seen any lives. results. They've never seen, yeah. And that's what has gotten back to me with the whole voting rights thing is that like for somebody who has never voted anyway, because Republican presidents, Democratic presidents, they have always been poor. They have always been in and out of jail. They have always been losing loved ones to gun violence. They have, they're hungry day after day. Like without actual material investment in like the people's needs, I don't, I genuinely don't think that voting rights, the passage of like voting rights legislation it's going to matter enough to like really, really boost turnout to a degree where like the will of the people is truly represented. Like if Biden cancels student debt or if he just like with the stroke of a pen, like expunged marijuana. I guess he can't do that with stroke of the pen, but he can reschedule marijuana from a class A, yeah. you know, prohibited substance stroke of a pen, you know, just direct the, F- the um, DEA. Boom. Um, and, you know, work to expunge people's records, something that they can feel. People would believe and people would engage, but instead, like, here we are. So, so. Um, just moving along a little bit. So, I wanted to talk to yeah. you about, you know, the, the entrenched, like, black, I guess, ruling class or black political class, uh, right? So, yeah, so let's. So, yeah, how let's much go. support do they? How much support or lack thereof do you get from them on the things that you work on? And then oh, how no, does that lot, extend yeah. into so the net? A lot of these a lot of these black leaders in the community are Republicans or like crypto Republicans. Okay, okay. Collude with them a ton, et cetera, et cetera. Because they have cashed in on the community's poverty in exchange for their place in the political hierarchy for decades. Like they're comfortable, they're middle class, they're good. They're separated from the experience of like the truly down in the dirt people that they claim to want to help. And so like they don't, yeah, they don't trust me because I'm out here talking about some radical shit, like setting people free, like for real. Not just reform, not just equity, not progress, but like liberating people mm. and bringing forward ideas that are kind of scary and also usurping their authority. Because like, I ain't come and ask for their permission. I ain't come and like, you know, bend the knee and kiss the and ring. You, you find, I ain't about that shit. Do you find that that's like something that they expect or that they want is the bending of oh, the absolutely. knee? absolutely. Absolutely. Pay your dues. Yeah. And it's like shit. Like, nah. So, and this gets back to what I was just saying about showing up for people materially. So folks like the person I'm about to talk about next, Ovita Thornton, is this bitch who will like bring you Easter baskets, like for your kids and like, you know, you pull up, pop the trunk and like make sure your kids have sweaters and shit like that. Like showing up for people materially in such a way that like she has a lot of trust in the community. People like, you know, really think that she's somebody that, you know, 
she's a fighter, someone you can believe in. Cause like, you know, she will materially show up for you, but not in systemic ways. She has no coherence, like agenda for how to fix any of the problems that she like, she is seeing, she is seeing, you know, um, so is she more like giving out? Is she more like putting band aids on on things? As oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And also, something I've realized about Ovita Thornton recently is that she was on the school board for sixteen years before she became a commissioner. And so, as like a black face in a high in a high place, she has probably always been in rooms that are majority white people, and has had and, and has legitimately had to rail against um, like the fuck shit that like the white you know white supremacist power structure has dealt the blows they have dealt on the community but this has then given rise to like a fucking neurosis of hers where even when she is allied with folks because a bunch of progressives supported her when she ran like pretty much like all my homies like thought she was the shit so yeah a lot of people supported her you know a lot of white progressives in this town supported her in 2018 this is gonna be hard for people to hear but um, because of like white progressives, like white guilt about not actually knowing any black people and having no means by which to like put roots down in the black community and actually get to know people. Um, like Vita Thornton came on the scene and everybody supported her because they didn't want to seem racist, even though it was abundantly clear that she didn't have a coherent agenda, even though she did things like get so drunk at Athens and Harmony, um, which was like a music event that all the candidates were at. You know, she had to be carried out and loaded into a car because um, she couldn't walk. Um, and so, I mean, like these people, these people who are just like, oh, a black face in a high place. Let's get behind them so that we don't seem racist because we're so scared and feel so guilty about white supremacy. Like you have to get out into the community and actually get to know black people um, in order to like, ed- like develop a a cohesive like political analysis of what's going on and really understand what the needs are and also help elevate leadership that will do the same. Um, I can't imagine what it's like for white people. Actually, I can, but I don't have any like empathy for the fact that, I mean, I've had to be in rooms where nobody looked like me my entire fucking life. So if you're white and like you're nervous about going out on the block and like dapping people up and giving out waters or showing up at the food distro or going to the churches... Like, fucking get it together. I'm sorry. Go to these places and get to know these people. Um, Because, you know, folks who say like, oh, well, we have to support her. She's the only one. It's like, well, if you collaborate with communities to uplift leadership, like the black, the ascendant black misleadership class won't be the only option on the table. We could have a diversity of political thought represented in the kinds of leaders and the kinds of candidates that we have to choose from. But because white progressives, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why not, but my smoke for the folks that supported her in 2018, even though I tried to warn people that she was shit, I saw through her the entire time. Um, The thing that they need to understand as well, if I do got a little bit of smoke for them, is that like, you can't be scared. You gotta get out there and talk to people. You gotta get out there and talk to people. I don't know. That's all I really got. I don't know. I got more shit. A lot of it was decontextualized when I went back through my draft tweets where I was like, I'm just, I'm just like, this could be, this could have been about anything. Just like bitching about how much these people suck. But I wanted to bring up some concrete examples of like the dirt they have done our community. And they're continuing to do through colluding with um, the Republicans on January 6th. They literally dropped those maps on January 6th, Yeah, like, man. On, like on some anniversary shit. Like, I mean, the thing is, it's not coincidence. They knew what they were doing. They literally, so one of the progressives they tried to oust, they literally drew a border of his map to look like a dick, to like poke into his, poke into it like a, like another district as like a, like a literal fuck you. Like we are fucking you. Here's the dick. Yeah. See, this, this is again. They don't, they're, they're playing three dimensional chess, man. Four dimensional seven. I don't know, man. They're, I just, came in. they're playing like they're trying to win. Like they don't give a fuck what the other side is going to say. That's and how that's they're why playing. That's why it was really important to me. That's why it was really important to me to come like forward about a bunch of the shit. Cause like I'm tired of like y'all didn't realize I was playing nice before. Mm. I was playing nice before. Those days are over. I ain't got nothing but smoke for you. Like, all right. So to close it off, we're going to do something a little bit different 
uh, on this episode. We are not going to just do the same old rappy rap thing that we normally do because me and Mariah, you know, our music as that goes, we we do a lot more than just freestyle on the mic at the end of the show. We're both actually, you know, working, recording artists. So Mariah, what do you got coming up? So I'm very excited to announce that yesterday we told the world that my new album, Bell Ringer, is coming out on April 21st, 2022. And we dropped the first music video, first single for the album. It's called Work. It is um, what I hope will be like the modern day labor anthem. And so um, we're going to play that for y'all as we close out today. Um, you know, go check it out. Who's the producer? If you're following me on socials. Who produced it? So this is produced by my homie, Reindeer Games, um, who has been my DJ for many years and um, pretty much executively produced the album. So, yeah, give a listen to this. This is work. Uh, go check out the music video. The um, link to it is going to be in the um, the um, uh, episode description. And, yeah, hopefully this will give you some inspiration to keep fighting. Because, like I said, we need mass movements of organized people of the multiracial working class in order to fight this shit. No matter what happens. You know, my homies might get kicked out of office. I might get kicked out of office. Whatever fascists take over whatever we got to be ready to fight and so i hope this gets y'all ready to fight let's run it uh, uh, uh. communication workers of america united campus workers of georgia three two six five bitch uh, uh. which side are you on my like button comment on that shit and be sure to look out for mariah's 
new album bell ringer when that shit comes out on april 21st but i'm sure you're gonna we're gonna keep talking about this between now and then i'm sure oh sure you're gonna be yeah. dropping some more stuff i i know i know i'm on yeah. there too so you know oh yeah next time yeah, i'm we in town we, from the dope night. next time yeah. i'm in town we might want to like shoot a little some video things for that yeah we might need to yeah. we might need to yeah all right yo my name is dope knife I'm Lingua Franca. And you have been listening to Waiting on Reparations. Hurry up. We are out and we will see you guys next week. Peace. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.